Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Deal with Danny Brown. Today's guest, Richard Shamulian, partner at King's Arch and a close family buddy of mine, one of my best buddies, one of the coolest guys around. They focus on adaptive reuse, taking old historic type buildings and repurposing them for creative use, for office, for retail, uh, mainly in LA, Beverly Hills, downtown Santa, Mon Santa Monica. It's a family business. It's him and his brothers and his mom and his dad. Uh, an incredible story, an incredible family all around. Great guy. Rich is one of the only Persian surfers i know one of my good surf buddies so how about that anyway enjoy the episode we get into family business dynamics adaptive reuse development etc lessons learned enjoy it as much as we did it was just us hanging out two guys shooting it hanging see ya enjoy Welcome back to The Deal with Danny Brown. I got my man here, Richie Rich, Richard Chamulian. How are you, Rich? Welcome on a Friday. I can't believe you made it. Danny, it's a pleasure, man. It's, it's pleasure. I'm or happy a pleasure. to be here. It's, it's both. It's pleasure. It's so both. Richie and I have a lot of inside jokes that probably only 10 people or less will understand. He's one of my closest buddies, inner circle, surf buddy, real estate buddy, school buddy, family, but all that. So Shabbat Shalom to you and yours. Safe to say we're buddies. We're buddies. Yeah. It's my friend, Richie, <laughs> and he's here and he has pleasures for everybody. <laughs> so that's how we're starting. So Richie, Rich, Richard's in the house. You were out late last night downtown. Tell me, where'd you go? I'm not getting into that. We went to a place called Babel. I won't get into too much detail, but it was you a friend's get birthday. And, uh and we had ourselves a good time. And uh, it's supposed to be a great restaurant. I gotta go. I and, gotta go. Uh, the arts district is just phenomenal. That what's the plan? Restaurant. What's the plan great. tonight? I don't know. Any, we do plan tonight is you and I are going to see our kids do some oh, kind of special right. performance. I we got a school how... performance, so we'll keep that. Uh, so forget about our personal stuff. I'm going to get into it with Rich. Why don't we start back from the beginning? Rich uh, works at King's Arch. It's a family-run real estate development play. They do a lot of adaptive reuse, uh, focus on L.A. and down, a lot of downtown L.A. But before we get into the real estate, yeah. let's get into... Who is Richie? Where you grew up? You did. I know you kind of bounced back and forth, L.A., New York. But why don't you start from where you grew up and take us through how you got to this point? Now. You got it. So who is Richie? Richie was born in Queens, moved to deeper into Long Island, lived there until about 12 years old. And basically from that point forward, switched off decade to decade. Uh, you got emails coming in. You close the deal. So so Jess basically from me. that point forward I bounced between East and West Coast about every ten years until I moved out to to LA. I met my wife Tanya. Shout out to Tanya. She's holding Tila it down rocks with the, in kids. the house. Yes. Uh, and shout out to the kids, Leo, Haley, Joel, love ya. Um, What's so, up, guys? So when I met my wife, Tanya, I was here visiting from New York. Does he uh, need to get on the mic? 
I'm doing good. I'm doing good, man. Don't interrupt. Uh, met the wife and decided that LA was was where the roots were going to be put down. So yeah, we got so basically married. Basically, Tanya said we're moving to LA, and you're like, of course, whatever you want. Whatever, baby. whatever what you, you say. say Tanya? And, and from that day forward, that's basically been what the happened? answer. As, was as your you family know. in LA at that point? The family was in LA. So the so first family move was here early in my life. Was was. Uh, Basically, right before high school, the entire family moved out. I then moved York, back to New York on my own. As an adult, young adult. As school. a young adult. Okay. And, well, let's uh, stop there because this is something really interesting. Uh, I know your family and your parents. I love your dad, who's been an unbelievable, successful real estate guy, the head of the business. Uh, tell us a little bit about his story, sure. a little further than your story. Because sure. he didn't grow up in L.A. or Beverly Hills. so. So, Let's start how he got here, and then we can jump into the business and what it looks like today. So my dad's kind of kind of background is is in some ways the typical immigrant story. He came out here uh, with really next to nothing and almost no support. Right? He moved out from Iran. Uh, how how old was this he? This was pre revolution. He, he was seventeen years old. So so, he was so still my young. father considers himself more American than anything else. Yeah. He went to high school in Jersey. Did he, he speak English when he, he came here? He went to college in Jersey. Very very little. Very and, little. And, and got had to learn really quick. rolled right into it. Um, but not the guy who came out with with the big bank account or or the huge network or anything like that. He he really. God bless him. Started from zero. Started at the bottom, and, and I mean that zero. Went, had went to learn through college, language, had worked to meet through people. college, bust tables, the whole deal. I mean, yeah. they, he was the guy who started and he was from the bottom. East Coast. His, he started from parents, the bottom. Now he's here. Yeah, that's shout In out Beverly to Big Pops. Shout out to Jack. Um, what up, Jack? And so, so he came up working unbelievably hard. Yeah, work unbelievably ethic, no hard. No option but to grind. That's exactly it. And he's in his mid seventies now. God bless him. Hopefully, another. Hundred years, and uh, he's still working and hard. In his right? mid seventies, his his title at the company is chairman of the board, but he right now is at our downtown building running a construction crew. His hands, I guarantee you, are dirty. Working bricks, working and... with him. He's not slipping bricks, and we're not. I'm not going to sell it that far. But, but he's working. But his he's ass working off. with the guys, meaning overseeing, making sure everything is efficient and moving quickly and getting done. And so that's who he is. He's not the guy who sits behind a desk and plays yeah. around on his email system. He's out there pushing. So so he got his start, and I'll try to make this quick. What's what's our timeline here? As long as you need to go. We can make this an extended yeah. remix. You better Biggie order, Smalls you better remix, order Richie lunch. Rich. Yeah. Uh, so, so he went from college into just working kind of random jobs into working at the uh, Rainbow Room in New York, which is a famous oh, old yeah. club. Oh, yeah, the rock and roll Rainbow Room like here? Is it the it, same? It was, no. Uh, this was... Is it the Rainbow Room? They have the Rainbow on the Sunset Strip. Is it the same thing God, in New he's York? he's gonna kill me. Whatever it was, this is a place Sinatra and Louis Prima and all these yeah. guys perform at and, and attend and all of this stuff. Oh, so Cabana, he started baby. small there <laughs> and then little by little started working up the ranks there. Got it. And, and I don't, I forget where it came from, but at some point he got into, he bought an Oriental rug, right? One rug. One rug. Uh, and I believe it was from China, if not Iran, and turned around and sold it. Flip the rug. Yeah, and meanwhile, there are a lot of people in, in our uh, from our background who are doing this on a huge scale, but he started just at the very, very bottom. And before you knew it, that 
built into what what really ended up being an empire in New York, just an, an import business that that uh, was really the beginnings and the roots of that company was called Farsh International uh, and was really the roots of everything. So he built we'll a massive business today. around that. He built a massive business um, specifically in that world. And and fast forward about 20 years to when the entire family moves over to L.A., he decides, you know, if we're going to do this and we're going to move out to L.A., I'm going to have to buy buy a building. Got it. And, for and this business to house the business. For this business. Yeah. This just happened to be the opportune time to buy in this area. And and so he ended up buying rather than buying, you know, what the average person would buy, he ended up buying a fantastic office building that was fully vacant on the corner of Wilshire and Robertson. Wow. And so that was that, the first building. That was the here. seed. Yeah, that's exactly and this it. is what, in the early nineties? Uh, this was early nineties, early to mid nineties, so bottom of the market, bottom of the market, market, phenomenal yeah. timing. Uh, but it was a stretch. He came out, he, oh, yeah. he still had our place in New York. He still had his business in New York and he came out here and, and picked up that project to, to move his, his business into and picked up a, a new home in Beverly Hills and all of this stuff. And so suddenly there's a lot going on. Yeah, so um, that's your main, that's where you guys are housed. That's where King's that Arch is now where is. King's so Arch that was Corporate the first, is today. That was the first building. That was the first building. And, and it was that, empty. And it was empty. And it wow. was it was a learning experience in a lot of ways. So and, he had to buy it and carry it. There was no tenant. There was no tenant. And so the East Coast business what was what was carrying a life here yeah. while well, I'm a 13 year old, okay, 14 so year kid. old kid. I was a, you know, nothing. I was just, uh, just starting to figure it out. And so that was that. And for a while it was him working out of it. And, and there was a furniture store tenant or this or that. And then as Alan and I kind of grew, Alan is my brother, by the way. Yes, so I shout out to Alan, shout out to Alan coach at and West LA. I think we play them soon. You do. I'm coming to that Got game. Schedule right here. I'm coming what to that team game. Is Alan? Uh, I don't know. I think he's the Texans. The Rangers? Rangers. Yeah, We yeah, play yeah. on March 21st. There you go. Be there. Uh, <laughs> so, so by the way, it's myself, Alan. We have a younger brother, Andrew, who's significantly younger. He's about 10 years right. old. 10 years younger, sorry. And your mom's um, involved as well? She she runs the books. Yeah. Yeah, we got did. the whole whole crew so the running whole through it. And so, so Alan and I started, I guess we'll fast Kind Fast of transition, now. So transition first, out. First so here piece we of real go. Estate was that thing sitting there. Father is working in New York and and kind of running back and forth and and really just making it happen. And uh, Alan graduates college. I I graduate high school. Uh, having graduated, I obviously get into college and and then start my career in real estate as a. As an intern at a company called First Property, which was yeah, literally right down the street, exactly. So Jeff Resnick, Tom Corey, Mike Geller, all those yeah. guys. You know, uh, buddies with the Travers. They're great. Yeah, phenomenal people. Uh, this is now twenty-three years ago. I'm eighteen yeah, so years you old. Start, start as an intern. Brokerage. Go out, get my real estate license. Uh, after I, I kind of get a couple of things done, they actually offer me a position at a very young age as a broker there. Yeah. And I started working as a junior under some other right. guys. Um, and that was the beginnings for me personally in, in the real estate world. And over time, uh, I started to make some decent money 
doing that and yeah. really enjoying that and started to go to work more and school less Got because it. that is really honestly what suited me. Yeah. Right. It's it, that, that, that's, so you started making money in school, started being a broker. I started and- making money while in school, transitioned to night school, kept going, kept doing both, kept juggling both. And to be honest, eventually just said, work is what I'm, I'm after. I'm yeah. after kind of the street smart, get out there and just get just stuff hustle, done. Some, just hustle make and make out. some money. Uh, my brother Alan is kind of the opposite uh, type of mind where it's, it's uh, cross T's dot I's, yeah. very, very, very detail oriented and just gets it done in that way. So, so while I was doing that, Alan was tasked with dealing with that project. That the, the first building, the first building, trying to find tenants and bring it yeah, up. Yeah, this to is see. a vacant building. It it was previously a medical building, so it was honestly at, at that point it was creepy and interesting, yeah, and who knows what, and all of this stuff. <laughs> and it was really sink or swim yeah. for him at that point. I you know I was off in my own world, and he was doing his thing there. And kind of our foray into the creative office world was almost by accident and and was kind of a lemons out of, I'm sorry, lemonade out of lemons yeah. type of story where it's, you know, out of out of kind of initial what we thought might be failure came greatness. Right. Yeah. So so Alan ends up leasing that entire building, uh, of course, with the chairman of the board's approval. Yes. Uh, leases the whole entire building to a company. That building goes through and demos the entire interior. So right? that's the first. So they've now exposed brick walls and they've exposed the the ceiling, the trust, all that great stuff. Yeah, all that. Well, well all that stuff that today people think is great. Yeah. Back, Back then, then, no one cared the, about creative office wasn't even a word it it didn't even exist and uh to alan's credit well hang on that company who leased the whole space as they're they're finishing up their demo they just implode they're gone the company's gone gone. they're gone the lease is worthless they're out and of course like we all do when when things are falling apart oh my god panic what the hell is going on it's just another one of these bumps in the road yeah and out of that bump in the road Alan looked and said, God, those brick walls are beautiful. This this look is phenomenal. Let's try it. And he did. And people responded really, really well yes. to that. So when what are we um, talking about now? What year? 97. Late 90s, yeah. Somewhere in that yeah. range. And uh, 98, my my timelines aren't very good, yeah. by the way. So Whatever the case, it was uh, before the explosion of Creative Office, which it we'll was get into well, later. It was well, well, well before the, yeah. the explosion. Ten years of, probably before. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We were, we were doing it without even knowing we were doing it, but yeah. we knew people were responding to people it. People liked right? it. That it was, was a big thing. Yeah. Uh, and so it was that building. And so so that people really resonated with that and knock on wood to this day that building has it's been full since wow right it's been full since we practically have waiting lists for it um really phenomenal interesting tenants all of whom i love um and that was the first story that was the first story during all of this there was a shake-up in the new york business and well kind of a few years into my whole career, shake up in the New York business. And at that point I dropped everything and moved back to New York. That was the- To work in the carpet business? To run that that side of things, exactly. And so for about nine years, I walked away from real estate altogether and spent my entire 20s 
That's or, or a good portion of my 20s in New York, um, figuring out an entirely different world. And I mean, that world really requires a lot of the skill sets we talked just the hustle and the push and the and the dealing with different personalities some yeah. of which are not not the easiest person not the easiest yeah um <laughs> and and trying to manage all of that and so that's so you what were managing we the new york operation but your dad had moved west with the family he would he check in he, he was back and forth i was there full time alan alan's here full the building, time trying to build the real estate andrew is is Young. younger at this yeah. point and just doing his thing so everyone was spread so everybody's involved spread out. in the family assets in it some was way all family yeah, in some way dealing and holdings. And eventually, well, not eventually, over time, the conversation was always, especially between Alan and I, we got to put our heads together again. We got to be back in the same place again. We got to find a way to make that work. And me marrying Tanya was kind of the impetus for that all to happen. And so fast forward 10 years, I'm now in L.A. Alan and I opened this office together. King's Arch, chairman of the board, Jack, is hanging out. And it's time to expand it's time to make Focus this thing real great so why do you think that you had such a pull or you and alan wanted to work together as family because i want to get into this running working at a family business has got a lot of pluses and minuses obviously all the personal stuff comes sure. into play sure so what is what do you think now is the draw was it just your parents values it's, it's, your family was so tight you no ma- none of that what N- none of that bullshit it's very simple we need each other Got it. It's as simple as that. It's yin and yang. It's opposites attract. It's whatever okay. you want to call it. Every ingredient, every employee, everyone in our business, first of all, you know, partners, employees, et cetera, but also architects, attorneys, tenants, all of it are a necessary ingredient to yeah, make all of that team, work. Right. We just happen to be the most important ingredient. Yeah. Right. So, so you guys so sense that at an early I age. I couldn't run my business without Alan. Yeah. Plain and simple. Yeah. Right. And vice Alan versa. couldn't, I don't think, run the business without me. We both have our skill sets. And, and when we really hit our stride, when we really got into our zone was when we recognized that completely. Right. I mean, fully. We, we always recognize that we're good at different things. But yeah. what specifically are each of us good at? So you guys sense it. Was your dad pushing for it? Like wanting you guys? Always. To I mean, my father, we're a family oriented. Close, tight, tight. We tight love each family. other. We're, yeah. we're really, really tight. High level of respect. High level of of, of just wanting to be around. Yeah. Right. Was he working with his family, too? My father. When he started his business, were there siblings in his not business? Not really. No. Not really. So that's um, interesting that the family wanted to work together and you guys sensed that you needed each other to complement each other's skill sets, which partnerships in general, those are the usually the best partnerships. That's people, right. We recognize that we're the two skill sets to combine. Totally. Biggest ingredients. And, and so um, I mentioned it earlier, I'm kind of the broad strokes. Uh, get out there and just push everything forward and open doors and find things. And Alan is the guy who comes in and makes sure that all of those doors yeah. are opened properly. Right. And, and Operations, you know, finance. fully, fully gets gets deep into Execution, contracts, yeah, uh, legal, management, et cetera. I mean, it, it, he's he a lot of times is running circles around our attorneys. If any of our attorneys are listening, I'm sorry, <laughs> but you're, you're great too. Uh, but Alan is really just an amazing mind. Yeah, and and I'm not that guy. I don't I don't use a sharp pencil. I, I splatter paint around. 
right? Yeah. You yeah. splash tequila on the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> I do splash a little bit of tequila. All right, so rocks. look, King's Arch, let's get into what it is today. It's really now seems like very commonplace, but as you said, creative office wasn't a thing 20 years ago, or very little, but you guys got into adaptive reuse, taking old buildings and figuring out how to renovate them and repurpose them, and usually for office or retail or both. And such and one of my favorite, personal favorite uh, sectors of real estate is that, is the is the adaptive reuse. I love what happened Me downtown. <laughs> I know you are, but I mean, I've always been passionate about the old buildings downtown and what happened there. So talk me through how was the, I guess the Robertson building kind of happened that way, but talk me through how you guys expanded and started looking at older buildings. And yeah. let's talk through some of the so, projects you've done, some of the sure. issues with adaptive, like how does it look? How does the city, how do you deal with the city when you got an old building that no one's touched in a hundred years? I don't want to get into the city part of it. That's that. That's a, a sore subject for a lot of Well, there's a lot, a lot of, of questions there. You so, pick where you want to go with it, but would love to hear about adaptive I'll reuse, start with creative the why. office. I, uh, well, uh, you know, I'll start with the why and the creative office. So the creative office thing, like I said, it, it almost happened by accident, right? In, in my, in my world. Um, the, the move into, into these historic, amazing buildings did not happen by accident. It was, it was a really thoughtful, calculated approach. It was, uh, you can't build i don't i'm not a believer in ground up creative office i think it's nonsense right yeah. and there are a lot of giant developers and institutional that groups are trying to figure that out yeah that, well no that are doing they're it doing and doing it. a great job of it they're building 500,000 square feet for yeah. amazon or yeah, yeah. netflix or any of these guys and for me that's not creative yeah. for me that's not cool it yeah. scratches an itch it's interesting in yeah. its own way, yeah, and yeah. it's what it fills pure. a need. It's not pure. Yeah, <laughs> it's not pure. You're an artist, Richard. Uh, I, I, We're artists. I, I, that's the, that's, what, that's like. what I like about my I, business is I get to express something yeah. more than just dollars and cents, for right? Sure. So, so you you asked for examples. Um, one of them, and and generally we don't work with partners, but in this case we we work with a company called Wilshire Skyline. Again, shout out to Wilshire Skyline and the Nissels. Uh, we're doing a deal in Santa Monica, 100-year-old hotel. Yeah. Um, absolutely stunning architecture, ocean views, second in Arizona. Yeah. Um, that's a project I'm unbelievably proud of. It's it's a beautiful, beautiful building in a AAA-plus location that just that is authentic, great space. And you can't yeah. build that now. Another yeah. one is downtown on Broadway. It's a 50,000 right. square foot, originally a department store that's now almost fully leased. Yeah, that is beautiful. That's my construction manager. What's up, that's, Jason? Is that the chairman of the board? Where Not are the chairman. You? Not the chairman. Uh, <laughs> this guy always gives me bad well, news. Well, the, the Broadway building is gorgeous. It's got that deco-like facade. So that's and a Walker and Eisen designed building. Sensational. Um, it, which is the same guys who designed uh, the, the Beverly Columbia. Wilshire. Did they do Eastern Columbia? They did no, not do the no, Eastern no. Columbia, but it's they designed it the Beverly Wilshire and, and a bunch yes, of other iconic, really iconic unbelievably buildings. iconic buildings. And so that was another one. And, and that one, you know, incredibly proud of but these are all major labors of love i mean there there is no you, that is not a business you can be in adaptive reuse is not a business so you can be in to that labor of love, love this stuff is it the timeline the work the stress like how long did it take all from the above. when you went all to purchase it to when 
you were completed with you know pre-existing conditions things along those lines are you still tweaking it's well done it's almost full okay i thought you were also still doing stuff no no we're 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 doing great um so so talk you through timelines and and what the difficulty of a project like that yeah the difficulty of a project like that is you're not taking a set of plans and and building to plan because you don't know what's behind the curtain, right? Right. You, you could find Pandora's greatness box. and you can find something awful. You don't know what an inspector is going to say to whatever it is you found. Uh, generally, sadly, it seems that inspectors, planning department, building and safety, all these people don't necessarily speak the same language. Oof, and so when you're in a hundred year old building where you're working with stuff that's it's there, it's pre-existing, and it's historic on top of everything yeah. else. Good luck getting all these different departments to see eye to eye. To agree. And so that's where the so biggest challenge is. But the reward it. is that you end up with a product that people can't build today. Yeah. It's just, it's not cost effective, it's not possible for a ton of reasons. And so we have 20 foot ceilings in our building. Right. You're not gonna build that. It's just not feasible, right? And so brick and the concrete. And, and the brick and concrete and, and everything windows. else. And so what's great is we're building spaces that we actually love. And so you, you mentioned, you know, being an artist. I like that there's an artistic approach to it. Yeah, I also like creative. the fact that, that, uh, that the type of stuff we do attracts tenants that I enjoy. Right. So music industry, fashion, uh, PR, people in yeah, all of all these creative worlds industries that I generally like to hang out with. Yeah. Right. So so what more can you ask for but to to be able to walk into one of your buildings and enjoy the company of all of the people you're surrounding yourself with? Yeah. Right? That, that relationship to me is incredibly important. It just so happens that it also makes me a good amount of cash. That's good too. That's <laughs> yeah. muy bueno. The business, the business side is is pretty great. So we've built that into a machine that just kind of keeps going and it's become a thing. It's become the kind of story where, you know, you kind of have to be known for something. Yeah, you know that your in your business, now. right? Um, you gotta be known for something. And so, so we've become known for that. I don't necessarily want to be known for creative office because, again, I just think it's it's a term that is overused and it's yeah. everywhere. And it's is this office creative? I don't know. Do you think so? I'm very creative. Right? Uh, so it must be. I want to be known for very interesting architectural buildings yeah. that that. Uh, and as a landlord who can help give a tenant what they want and what they need. Right. So, you know, creative office generally means wide open space and sure. uh, exposed ceilings, ceilings and concrete, concrete floors floor. and all of that stuff. Is, does that make sense for a lot of people? We got our guy over here. He says, nope. If Robin was here, what would she say? Right? <laughs> She'd have something to say. Sarah, where are you? Where are you, uh, Sarah? <laughs> uh, so, so for me, no. I, you know, I, I think that you need to have everything. I think you yeah. need to have all of the ingredients and I think you need to understand your tenants. And so that's part of why we have this vertically integrated approach is I'm speaking to these tenants personally. So Alan is speaking want. to these tenants personally. I mean, yeah. we're in these meetings with their, with, we usually bring in the architect with the architect and we're having conversations. We're bringing in a team that is suited to this tenant so that they're getting what it is they need. Whatever they need, it's customized. Right. It's, it, 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 because what, gen, what generally ends up happening, one, truth be told, I end up spending more money, but that's okay. I'm okay with that because my tenants end up staying Longer forever. and you make it up. 
you That's make it. up the money. That's it. If my tenants are happy, if I build my tenant space that they don't love, they're not going to stay. And then you got to spend gone. more to, for the and next And then I'm going to redo it and new tenant improvements and new this and new that. I'm not interested in that. I want to build space once and I want that to be home forever. Yeah. Right? So let me uh, have you put on your investor's hat and take off your artist painter's hat. It's always on. Okay. It's always good. on. It's under that toupee. The hat's on. <laughs> Is that a toupee? This is, is that real, real hair? This is you real got beautiful stuff. hair. Rich. This is real stuff. God, no gray. I get that from my dad as well. Amazing. I get that from my dad as well. So here's a, a question, and I know it's case by case with real estate. There's so many variables. If you're buying, let's just say Broadway, your project on Broadway, let's let's pretend that wasn't a historic building, and you're just buying it because you're going to tear it down and build whatever you can build there. Um, the same size building, let's just assume, because sure. for this question, it's I want to say is can you compare the costs of restoring an old ancient building and adapting it to new use versus starting from scratch and building ground up? If you're building apples to apples the same size. Shocking as it may sound, they're very similar. And of course, there, there are so many factors. It, I know, it's it's kind of, of an impossible question to answer. I like those um, kinds of questions. Without, great, thanks. <laughs> uh, keep coming with them. Yeah. Uh, very difficult question to answer because the, the real answer is it depends. But yeah. the bottom line is it's a lot closer than you think it is. Yeah. It, it is a lot closer a, a number than you think it is because of, you know, the if you do it right, that is. right. Of there are people who just come in and they just tear it apart and yeah, do a yeah, little bit yeah. of this and that and, and call it creative yeah, and they get on with their lives. Doing it we right. generally go with, we, we like to hold our, our projects. We're not in for the flip. Yeah, you're and trying so to make a blue chip We like to build great spaces classic. that are going to be around for another hundred years. So right. we're going out and we're doing the seismic. We're doing this. Money. We're doing that. And that attracts the right people. People, right, yeah. the the types of tenants we want are not the ones who are walking into a building willy nilly, but the ones who are asking all the damn questions that I'm ready to answer. Right, right, uh, mainly because Alan is the guy who's out there planning for all of this incredible stuff. Yes. I I can't take credit for that, yeah. right? Um, but he's out there saying, yeah, we're we're going seismic. We're doing all this stuff. No, it's not required by the city, but somebody's yeah, going to ask that question. You're building a class question. A product, and you're attracting a class A tenant. That's the hope anyway. In, that's that's the hope. Right? So in terms of cost, it's not like you're saving money because you're not building from scratch. It's just different. It's I don't just know different. how, how better hurdles. to put it. It's and just how, different. Oh, here's the other question. And forget about the the hard cost. How about the timing? Is How long does it take that's to where finish you get a project killed. versus That's where you get killed. If, you, if you're talking a full for, adaptive reuse yeah, project beginning to end, including versus soft cost, hard cost, timing, everything that goes into a project like that. Adaptive reuse is a much more difficult lift. Yeah. That's my my conviction. I'm sure yeah. a ground up developer would say the opposite and all of that stuff. But ground up, you are building to a set of plans. It had better be a freaking good set of plans, but yeah, you're building course. to a set of plans and you're good. And so there's not a ton of room for interpretation. Not a lot of curveballs. Not a lot of curveballs and not a, not a lot of room for interpretation. You don't have a fire inspector coming yeah. in and reinventing uh, the yeah. the the DAS control system or any of that nonsense. Yeah. It's it's straight. It's relatively straightforward, yeah. and so that's that's one of the major differences there. Okay, so where are, where are you have buildings in Santa Monica, buildings downtown, buildings in Santa Beverly Monica, Hills, Hollywood, so downtown, LA, Beverly Hills, Orange. It, now we're moving into Orange County you as are. well, and and kind of making our entry there. Um, 
we're working on a bunch of really fun stuff right now and and it's snowballing but you know within reason we, we actually try not to overdo it because i think one of the big things and we talk about this a lot is finding balance right and and so balance, if i'm doing yeah, do more that? projects than i should be i'm not getting not focused right now by the way i can't say for one second that there's balance i yeah. probably sleep on average four and a half or five hours a night yeah. um I'm up early, as you know, I, just because I want to fit everything in, right? Yep. I, and and so, if I go too far on the business burn it side, in at both then ends, I'm not Richie, balancing. I tell you about that. <laughs> Can't burn it at both ends. You know, I, I I still want to want to be proven that I, <laughs> that I want somebody can. to prove it, right? Yeah. I want somebody to prove it because for now I'm Told you, hanging out the Soho house and waking <laughs> up at five in the morning. Don't go hand in hand very well. If anybody from there is it's listening, not sustainable. I'm not in real estate. It's not sustainable. Uh, uh, for now, it feels like it is right. Yeah. I, I can't say that I feel perfectly balanced. I never do. Yeah, I, I mean, never will. Every time I walk into the house, I'm on the phone and there's text messages and it, Leo wants to do Legos yeah. and, and Haley wants to do this and Joel wants to listen to music with me and and Tanya wants to do whatever Tanya wants to do. And all, it's, it's But that, it that is, is my it, balance. And, balance. And so my way of balancing <laughs> balance. is is creating as much time in the day as possible. Yeah. And that's where I think you can kind of cheat that theory where you can't burn it at both ends. Yeah. You can if you buy, if you wake up two hours earlier. Wake up earlier, stay up later, then you can. I always use the analogy, and you'll appreciate this, surfing, because we're surf buddies, and we yeah. can talk about our yeah. Saluita legendary trip. But uh. I always think when people talk about balance, I look at it as, you know, it's like riding a wave. You're surfing, and there's all sorts of things coming at you, and you're just trying to stay on the wave as long as you can. Eventually, it's going to close out, or you're gonna something's going to happen. You're going to wipe out, and you just got to get back on the next wave and try to do it again. That's and that's it. our life at this point with kids and work and all the stuff you're juggling. That's just the way it is. It's never smooth. It's never perfectly balanced. No, it's, no, it, it, it absolutely is no such not. thing if you're trying to do it at a high level. There's just no way to... No, there There's isn't. No You're going to, the, the wave closes, like you said, the wave, it's perfect gonna analogy. Out. It's going to close out, but, you know, it's the guys who paddle out again. It's the guys who get past that get white water get and, down, and get just hopefully get back up, but at least get back out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> get another, that, another those shot. are the guys that, uh, that generally do well and, and, and are done. fulfilled and get stuff done. You just have to keep pushing. Perfect example is, is that whole creative office analogy where, where that tenant goes out of business and it turns into this great opportunity for us. That, that is, is riding the wave. That's yeah. paddling back out. You know, you paddled back out after you blew out my C5 broke your and neck in, yeah, in, in Mexico. That's a good story, right? But, yeah, that's a good story. But uh, by Last the way, time for, we went to Mexico surfing, I, I had come, came back and had to do physical therapy for six months. So blew out the C5 and C6 last year, two years ago. I don't know. I'm good now. Let's go to another trip. Here's a, here's a, I'm feeling you know, great. So for those of you who don't know, and, and most of you probably have not surfed with Danny Brown. Oh, um, oh God, here we he's go. an epic surfer. He's oh, awesome. God. He's awesome. He's, he's, oh, he's uh, Michelangelo on a surfboard. <laughs> the and, Jewish Laird Hamilton. And so that, that actually, that I, I want to get a uh, commitment from you. A commitment right here and now, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be the one. Are to you do in it. or out? No, I'm not out. But forget surfing. Oh. You need to be interviewed. Nobody knows. Uh, you're asking all these questions. You're asking all these great questions, by the way. Some impossible to answer questions that are just kind so of you want to interview me? awful curveballs. Somebody, I want 
not somebody. I want to interview Danny Brown. That's the audience wants to know. Give the people what they want. They don't give a crap about they give, me. They, they do. want to know about They don't you, give a crap. Rich. They give a shit. Sorry, no one cares. Uh, no one cares. They do care. Okay, I'll let you interview and me next, so, next time. So I want to sit down with you, and I want to find out the real story oh, I, I want the whole that. thing i know there's you know we get little nuggets in each interview we get but <laughs> but you really pieces. have to extract it from all these episodes <laughs> i want it all in one i want it pure i want pure D start Brown. to finish uh and so i want that commitment i want to make it happen i want to know there's you know, a lot I of holes we need to fill yesterday or two days ago and I, I, it was a the Diggs podcast, the Influencers of Real Estate. So shout out to Warren Dow and the Diggs podcast. Uh, in a couple uh, couple weeks, I'll be there. You'll hear my story, some of it. It's there. He interviewed. He just interviewed me uh, for his podcast. But it's does called it start Diggs, with the, the Titans of Real Estate? But, but I don't. I didn't get into the questions that you'd probably. Ask. He didn't. Warren didn't ask. I'm gonna all ask details. a lot of questions. Some of them very embarrassing. Yes. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make sure I find <laughs> angles that will make you uncomfortable and oh, make you blush a little bit. I'm already bit. sweating. I'm gonna bring up Jess. Hey Jess. Hey Jess. Uh, I'm gonna. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do this. If Robin was in the background right now, she'd oh, be she'd cheering be for this. Yeah. She'd be going nuts. I'm gonna invite her into the interview. Yeah. I might have Jess ask a few, a few questions. questions. Jessica's Danny's wife, by the way. And we're gonna see how that goes. I think. I think it'll be a, a good time. <laughs> I'm up. I'm down. I'll I'm do putting, it. I'm putting you on the I'll spot, actually, baby. Expose. Expose me. I'm putting. <laughs> expose me. So tell me what you're what you're seeing in the market. It's uh, early 2020. I know what I'm seeing from the residential side. What are you seeing in your commercial side? Are you guys still in acquisition mode? Are you in pullback? In lease mode, what what are you seeing overall? I'm always in acquisition mode because I'm always a relatively relatively conservative buyer, right? I'm not over leveraging. I'm not going nuts. Yeah. I'm not taking too too much risk, and so I can buy in a downturn. I can buy today because the so product I'm buying and the value I'm trying to buy is the same in any market, right? So so most of my deals and most of my tenants, I hope, uh, up market down market doesn't really affect me too too much because we're buying location we're buying great product we're buying all of these things and we're doing deals with tenants who just have been around they're not so is that your view you have the long view so your feeling is it you're not so sensitive to where we are in the cycle personally you're not unbelievably sensitive to the cycle does it does it affect how we finance our buildings and refinance our buildings and and how much leverage we put on something and and how much uh, you know risk we take on on a specific deal sure but but it doesn't necessarily slow us down i'm out there looking all the time i yes, have if you see something you like and a yeah, location uh, you like where you see value or upside i have multiple brokers right now out there hunting yeah specifically for what i'm looking for yeah. and if they find it i'm buying it yeah. And that's the end of it. It's 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 as simple as that. What's my am I calling the market? Is that what yeah. the market's hot? Yeah, the market's hot. If you have great. I'm talking office, by the way, yeah. and you, you know, single family, things along those single lines. Family took off, too, in December. High end. That's been slow for a year or two. Just took off out of nowhere. The market. In December, January. There's been six sales over 100 million. It's insane. And <laughs> a lot of these white modern boxes that everyone was. The good ones those are started, going to the, the good ones. The good ones. Of course, well, there still the, is a supply the issue that's going to we're going to have to deal with. But. I mean, we thought we were slow for the last year or two on the high end. I mean, I'm talking over 15, over 20. Yeah. And uh, Hollywood Hills, Truesdale. And it's Berger, back. And it just spiked. But that's what I love. But, but not everything. 
not everything. Sure, there's a glut of inventory coming, and I think the, the blue chip ones with the best views and the best architecture, those will do fine. And but I don't think you that, love that? Yeah, I think that's what it should be. And that's exactly the good it. Stuff this weeds sell. out the crap. It should right? weed out the crap. It, it, the good stuff rises to the top. The rest just ends up, you yeah. know, kind of doing whatever so it does. that will be interesting to play out. But the whole whole thing about these, um, you know, the acreage and the estates with provenance and, you know, the Jack Warner estate, Geffen's house just sold for <laughs> Bezos for 165 set a record. Outrageous. It's, Outrageous. it's insane. The billionaire money is here. They're putting flags in the ground in L.A. And that, that's got to also help values of commercial too right when you it got does. more the billionaires yeah. coming here it's got to be just good yeah. for the economy in general yeah the office market is hot as it's ever been from a leasing perspective it is it is absolutely on fire and doesn't show any signs whatsoever of slowing right is a creative office similar price per square foot if it's the same location as a standard office or is it higher you know, it kind of depends. Like sitting where we are now, we're in the triangle, right? Yeah. And so there's really there are different institutions. When I said, you know, kind of give tenants what they want, give the people what they want. Morgan Stanley doesn't want creative office space, and they're going to pay six fifty seven bucks a foot here. Where where I, because you mentioned Bezos, Bezos does want creative space, and mm -hmm. he's going to pay six fifty or seven bucks a foot here, right? Yeah. So so it's it generally. Does creative office command higher rents? Sure, but it depends on the specific location. Sure. Right? If you're in Century City, there's a lot of corporate work out there. They're yeah. not they're, they're not, not looking, looking for, for the, the whole. demand for it. If you're in Santa Monica, if you're downtown. Yeah, it, but that said, it, it also depends on your your definition again of creative office. There are law firms that are coming to me saying, "I want amazing creative space in a high rise." Right. <laughs> yeah. And okay. Yeah, you know what I mean? It, it, it's absolutely happening, but that's their definition of creative space. I just wish people would stop saying creative space and just say personalized space yeah. or customized space or cool yeah. space or interesting space or whatever it is. But, you know, it, the whole definition is changing. The whole aesthetic is changing yeah. as it should. And and the best get paid the most. Yeah, the cream that's, rises. That's what it comes down location, to. Location, 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 and the best design wins. And yeah, if you have a great wins, house in a great location. It's selling. It's selling, at, and, and it's probably at selling as it's ever sold. That's at its right? high as anyone's ever sold a house. It, that's exactly right. But if so, you overprice it over it, no one's paying for it. That's it. And, and it's similar when it comes to office as well. So there, there is a disconnect between yeah. sellers and buyers nowadays. Always, yeah. and, and so there, in some cases, a pretty big lull on on sales but eventually if the seller wants to sell they'll come the, to price the price comes comes down and yeah. and somebody picks it up but we generally we're not we don't buy marketed deals we're yeah. always hunting kind of behind the scenes trying so to find let, that let special let me spin deal. this another direction now and mm -hmm. get into more personal stuff so obviously you you work very close with your family your dad's probably had a tremendous influence on you as a mentor in business your brother has outside your family have there been any mentors, or even if it's someone you don't know, people that you've looked up to that have inspired you, or Phenomenal people that have, give, have influenced you, whether you know them personally or not? Phenomenal question. Um, so, so early, earlier on my entire career and my entire life. So, so let's kind of go wider angle now, yeah. right? It's not just about career. All around, yeah. I was lucky enough to have multiple, not just one great mentor and not just my father, who is the greatest yeah. there is. Uh, 
but multiple mentors who were all very, very different personalities. And I was able to really suck the the good out of each of those those relationships and 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 work it. And I'm in touch with most of those people today. I'm very close with most of those people today. Um, it's it slowly starts to even out the relationship a little bit and, and it's more just seeing eye to eye, which is yeah. a really beautiful, amazing As thing. You've evolved, but without yeah. without mentors, without people to look up to, uh, there's what do you have, right? It'll take you twice as long if you don't have somebody teaching you, showing you the ropes. Right. Just just trial and error. Name something, uh, any project that you could do. If you have somebody standing by your side or or in front of you doing the same thing, if you're building a house and there's a guy across the street building the same house and he's twenty days ahead of you. Yeah. You're going to learn a few well, things. That's a good a good point. So in terms of business and absolutely anything in life, but, but more importantly, life, right? Mentors and people that have done it before you and learn the lessons. One hundred percent. And then what's what's unbelievably important, and I have found, and it's not. Listen, I'm not that old, um, but I'm old enough now, apparently, to have mentees. Which is a really, really Would fun, that be the interesting version of mentors. Oh no, you're mentoring people. I am mentoring people. A mentee is yeah. somebody being mentored. You're mentoring people. Can you imagine? I have a couple of young people who I who can't imagine I'm the in touch with on a very regular basis. Oh God. Sorry. That was cut. Uh, <laughs> we'll edit that. <laughs> and by the way, I, I hope the mentees you. heard that because you're gonna have an army of young guys here no, I coming can't. coming to, to talk to you about you that would be comment. A very good mentor. You can uh, mentor me. I shut, shut I have this. to say that I enjoy it immensely because I, I really the hope is that that in twenty years from now they're sitting at a table with one of your mentees, yeah. right? And they're talking about how God, I never would have been able to get through this yeah. or get through that. The human it's, element, man. It's the relationships. That's what matters. It's a necessity. That's the texture. That's the richness of life. It's not always about the deal. It's not always about the money. It's not always about the goal and the power. It's, Give back. Give it's a little something. Back. It's the relationships and the, the human exchange and connections. That's what makes life what it is. And that's really what you take with you and what you pass down to your children. And for sure. So I think that I agree with you 110%. I think it's so important it is. to do that. And I should do more of it. I really should. And that's a I good I think reminder. you'll enjoy it. And uh, I think that everybody out there, I, you can picture a time in your career or your life where somebody did something that you thought was extraordinary. No to one's done you. it alone. Right. Yeah, exactly. No and and but, it but it generally takes someone who's willing to stop and, and just say, you know, I'm going to put the three kids, the wife, the this, the that, everything on going on in my life on hold. And I'm just going to focus on helping you get to the next level. Yeah. And so everybody, I hope that most people listening have have had that experience. And more importantly, I hope that most of them go and they. they yeah, we should all be giving back, pay and back. helping and mentoring. Exactly. And, We're and all getting that. to a point. Our peers are all getting to a point now. It's hard to believe. I mean, I feel like I'm 18 oh, years old. I'm so old. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> we'll get into that in your interview. Uh, <laughs> but but. Uh, you know, we're getting to an age now where we actually have some knowledge to impart, where yeah. we're experts in our fields, some where we can How about that? can give some wisdom. And by the way, you're doing that just by well, that's doing the this. point of this podcast. A big part of it is to is it, Danny? Did you know that? Is it really? Well, no, I'm trying to sell houses here, Rich. <laughs> we're trying to sell some. We're trying to move properties, but mm-hmm. in the meantime, while I'm trying to move properties, it is about giving back, bringing in people that have a good point of view and good experience. 
and paying it forward, expressing lessons and yep. uh, wisdom. And, you know, so that leads me to my next question is here you are now sort of in the in the hunt and in the uh, prime uh, of your career. What would you now knowing what you know, what you've been through, looking at yourself 15, 20 years ago, what sort of advice could you give yourself now? Things that would have helped you if you would have known then what you know now? Uh, the first thing I'd tell myself is, as a young young guy is good job. You know, just keep going. Keep going in the direction you're going. I'm, I'm, I'm probably one of very few people who I don't look back and say, God, what did what if I went left instead of right? Mm-hmm. Almost every major kind of crossroads and, and pure luck, by the way, I'm not saying that I was some sort of genius, but almost every major crossroads that I went down, whether it was good or bad, uh, shaped where I am now. Sure. And so I would never That's go and point. say, don't go right, go left, don't do this, do mm-hmm. that, whatever it is. If I could give advice, though, I mean, and if I had to give advice, it'd probably be don't sweat what you think is the big stuff. It really, in the grand scheme of things, yeah. this is the small stuff. Well, that's right? good advice. And we're, we're all, and, and for the younger people that, that do listen, listen in here, it's whatever you're going through. You could be going through a $100 million lawsuit. You could be going through, you cut your knee. I don't hurt your neck. I don't care yeah. what it is. It. In, in retrospect, it's it's just another tiny bump in the road that is not going to shape your life for the worse uh, or most likely won't. I mean, there are extreme situations, but yeah. don't take it too seriously. Just just don't lose focus on the big picture. Don't forget that we're we're just a cog in a wheel when yeah. it comes down to it. And and so our problems are just a cog in a in a smaller yeah. wheel. It just you, you move on and, and you, you meet advice. the test with uh, with conviction and you, you keep going. Yeah, I think you've said some really important things. You know, there's going to be failures and obstacles, but minimize them. I know as a younger businessman in person i was that way I, every little obstacle felt like it was the biggest right. insurmountable right. life ending my get my career's over situation and you beat yourself up and you spin out of control emotionally and, and it, that would be part of the advice i would have given myself too like okay, don't take things so seriously don't take uh, mistakes and obstacles as devastating because they're no. not i mean devastating is your health that's about it you know yeah. your family and your health for the most part other than that if you it's have a learning that lesson. you can always come back it's a learning lesson so i think that's great advice and not take things so serious and part of your advice was hey I, I don't like to second guess or give advice i think that is the advice don't second you don't have to second guess every decision make your decision have faith that where you went is going to take you to the next spot and where you decide next is going to guide you to the next destination it doesn't you don't have to look at it as did i make a, a wrong or a right decision each decision takes you to your next destination so long and, as you made the effort right that's well, that's it and learn whatever lesson you could have learned if there was a lesson to learn totally if there was something that you did wrong that you could have done better or a mistake or this it then learn it so you can figure out catch that one more wave paddle catch, out one paddle more back time. out man paddle even, back out. even, even if the if reef is shallow and it's low tide <laughs> and it's breaking at even if you herniate a couple of discs in yeah. your neck, which we both old men have Even if you're caught inside that uh, back door that's in Hawaii it. and you, you're just, just find dying, a way. no energy left, you just keep paddling. Yeah, and it'll be the best wave of your life, right? That's, well, that's the I think the, that's another lesson, the grit and having just pure, uh, when it comes down to life, whether hustle. it's business, whether it's family, whether it's personal, just the pure grit and hustle. 
to continue when you're tired, whether it's physically, emotionally, spiritually, you're beat up, you're drained. You, you just go. You got to go. That's the, that Mamba mentality. Rest in peace, Kobe. Like, that's, that's a great. It. That's a. That's a, the pinnacle really, of a champion yeah. and the pinnacle of a winner and a success is the mental toughness to just keep keep going no matter but what still no be excuses. there with your daughter and still be there with your wife and still yeah. be there with your kids and still there. that's that's, that's the what part matters that, that, the that really is next level you know a champion in so many ways but still able to balance we talked about balance well, a few times today too, being a champion in life it's being there for your family and your friends and your community and giving back and all those things i think are really important yep so sorry to get so serious and preachy but let's get into some fun stuff where where do you want to travel next any if we were going to go on a surf trip it's not where if i we want could go to, to travel any surf trip if we had a free pass for a week to go anywhere in the world nicaragua nicaragua yeah i know are you in? How many days do you are think we, we committing can... to this right now? Are we in? Is this a legally binding agreement? I don't think a no could days? be said How after this. Do I don't think, think anybody could take it away from How many days do you think we can get away with in Nicaragua before our wife is live? Can us? Tanya call in and tell me? Or do I, I, we'll do I get to cheat? So what, what you, was that I'd show? Like do, I get a, do I get a, a phone call? What's What was that? Do you know you guys know that show? Who wants to be a millionaire? Who wants to be a millionaire? Do I get a free call? Do I get to, One to call? figure out? No, I mean, uh, I think we're going to Nicaragua for. Lee's got a plane. Max. He's got a plane waiting for us. We could go right now. Let's roll. Who are we going? Max three nights. Max three nights. Dude, we're not going away for a week. I can't <sighs> go away for a week. I know. Is like... your work going to let you get away for a week? Is your is George going to let you get away Don't for you know about balance? We can take George. We'll take Leo. Let's go. George okay, can, what if we take George a family surf trip? Us. How long can we get away with? Kids and wives. Then we go a week? But then, then we don't go to Nicaragua. Then we're going 10 days. But I got news for you. My wife just booked a trip to Costa Rica. Oh, that is dirty. It's dirty. You didn't tell it's me? It's dirty. It's oh, nasty. You didn't tell Jessica? Uh, that's a backstabbing maneuver right there. It's happening in about a year from now. And, oh, uh, it, and, a year from and now. it should be pretty All right, so there's still epic. time for me to jump back on, and get Jessica jump on board. Uh, but so where would I go? I really, I'm, I have so many ideas and so many different directions I'd love to go. But the idea for me is really to go to some small town in the middle of nowhere, whether it's Latin America or Europe or anywhere else. Off the beaten path kind of situation. Off the beaten path yeah. okay, type like of situation. That. Not in a hotel, but in, in just live in a home and feel the like, real like you're a part of, of the community. You yeah. know, Sayulita, a good example would be just going and renting a house and just not wearing shoes for a oh, week. We didn't wear shoes. We were in short, it was, surf short, it was board shorts with no it, shoes until it I was blew epic. out the neck. I kept going. And that's the grit. That's the mom and of the trip. So that's a trip we took two years ago. We need another one of those. Just memories quick, of that's being. That's a three-day trip you can do it. 100%. So um, LA question. If you can go to dinner anywhere, where would you go? In LA. What do you like? Or name a couple if you need. That's a that's I just I don't have an answer for that. My favorite restaurant in general, forget dinner, because I, I'm more of a breakfast guy. Okay, than so a dinner where's your guy. favorite breakfast? Um, Justa in Venice. Venice. I just think it's just such a solid. Jelena's place. same group. Same as group, and I just think they're just they just do it right. Yeah, they talk about authenticity, down. which which people really respond to. That place has this great authentic vibe amazing. it's not fancy but it's amazing oh, food yeah fresh farm and, table and so kind of that thing. type of effort and and attention to detail for me yeah. is unbelievably important and and you see it in a place like that yeah. so that's that's the spot what else you got what else that I was got? a tough one though dinner i'm not 
I don't know. Every, I'm just throwing it, it out. It there. feels like everywhere in LA is just the same nowadays. You know what I mean? It a doesn't feel like anybody's generic. coming with anything special or new That's why or I like interesting. The old school. Just take me to Dantana's or Craig. I got no problem with, with Dantana's Heavy Craig's. Italian, Those I'm are good. both solid, solid Jay Lux's choices. Spots. Hey Jay, shout out to Jay. He was on yeah, send, last year. Send ice cream. So uh, I think we're supposed to do something with Jay. Allen's trying to do a game night at your office. Let's do it, we man. Keep re, re, let's uh, do it. Because we all have so much time. Because we're so he does. We no kids. Have, he's got nothing but time. He's I guarantee you he doesn't have time. Going to Lily's in Malibu and I eating guess. ice cream. That's all he's doing. Uh, what else do you got for me, Rich? Anything else you want to fill us in on? Any fun no, stories just, you have for us? It's not a fun story thing. It's 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 just that I'm I'm happy to kind of be. It's not often you get to stop and actually think about what you're doing, what you've done, you know, yeah. and and kind of talk about it and and air it out. And it's that's been a lot of fun for me. I think it's been I, I'm I'm feeling pretty good about about the last 20 years and, and really want to see what happens in the next 20, but having friends like you, you know, to, to kind of grow you, with and, and push through all this stuff with, and no, we haven't actually gotten into actual trouble yet. We've depends how you define it. But <laughs> correct. Sure. But we're not in trouble. <laughs> no, never. remember the bumps in the road. It just, they just keep you going. Just get on the board. Um, so let me wrap this up with, we've had a lot of themes here, but since you're a family business guy, talk to me, what, what would you talk about if you were giving a lecture to business at Harvard Business School or something about family businesses and being in business with your, your parents and your brothers? What would be your thesis of, hey, this is a couple things you need to think about as a family business if you want to get into it? Know your role and trust. Well, I, I wouldn't say trust the, the, the people blindly. Uh, when it comes to them knowing the role. But if you're going to get into business with family, know that everybody you're dealing with, uh, because you, uh, I work under the premise that that most families run like mine, which is we trust each other implicitly. Yeah. I will do anything for my family, my close friends. Well, if you have that. All of them know that. The loyalty like is 100% there. No, it doesn't, though, because there's a second piece to that puzzle, okay, and that so is be an expert in what it is you do, right? I, don't focus on the shit that you're not good at. Don't focus on the nonsense you're not good at. Figure out what Pick each member of, and this goes for anything. Any it's not just family. Really. Any business, the executives have to know what they're good at. The CEO does not do what the COO does, and the COO does not do what the who knows what CFO yeah. does. We all have our individual roles. And it. so what the benefit of a family business is simple. There is there is a bond and a trust that you can't build with with anybody outside of family, anybody outside of blood, right? And so having that as a base to work on and then being able to to put the skill sets where they belong and and have them really we work as one unit, right? with with multiple different skill sets if you can get that humming and and you can get in your zone that's tanya oh how many days tanya how many days are we getting salute <laughs> to this time i'm not gonna pick up in the middle of it uh so so if you can get in your zone as a family so right like, the trust, we've all been there where your you're, you're playing sports or you're doing this or you mentioned kobe where you're just you can't miss right and and we've all been there individually but if you can get a company there if you can get a family business there if you can get the whole crew in the zone thinking in that way you're unstoppable 
because they're, yeah. they're, the bond can't be broken. No yeah. light between you. You just go. And yeah, so that's so not so different than any business, except that same hey, there's thing, that level the, of trust and love with a family. In a business. good family, right. where where God willing, everything kind of works the way the the stereotypical old school family does. It. Yeah, it's not always the case. A familia. In in you know, rich once you're the in, old you can't school get family. Out. Did the chairman tell you that? That's absolutely true, and the chairman has told me that several <laughs> times. Several <laughs> times. I gotta thank Richie. My hey, homeboy, brother from another mother, play to cue the track because Richie's gonna freestyle. But man, love you, brother. Thank I you for coming down. I am down. today. Shout out to King's Arch and all yeah. the all the family. And look, hopefully we'll have dinner soon. And your interview's coming up. My interview's coming up. You heard it here first. And I, the only guy I'll surf with with no disc in my neck, and I'll keep going because it's too much fun. Rock and Every roll, time. baby. Rock all and right. roll. Thanks for hanging out uh-huh. with us. Peace out. Hey, thanks, Richie Shamulian, from coming in. I always love hanging. One of my best buddies. Good to see him. You can always find Richie at kingsarch.com or on Instagram at ny underscore Richie. Uh, such a great story. Uh, you can always find me at Danny Brown LA on Instagram. I'm also going to be on the Diggs Titans of Real Estate podcast. So look out for that. Uh, Diggs podcast coming up soon. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Please leave us a five-star review. Everyone counts. Go to iTunes or go to YouTube, wherever you consume your podcast. Leave us that review. We appreciate it immensely. Have a good day. I did it my way, nothing y'all can say In this life or the next one Watch me, I'ma be the best